0: Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price, and help you save when you bundle home and auto. five evil and infamous orphanages back in the day orphanages were a common sight it was a place where abandoned and unwanted children gathered for some it was transitory for others it was the only place they could call home but not all orphanages are manned by lovely and caring people these are five evil and infamous orphanages Number 5. St. John's Orphanage, Australia Also called the Goulburn Boys' Orphanage, St. John's was an operation in the city of Goulburn, New South Wales, Australia between March 7, 1912 until 1978. The place was run by the Sisters of Mercy and the Catholic Church until it closed down. Made to accommodate at least 100 children, It first housed young boys between 5 to 16 years old. It wasn't until the 70s when the place began accepting females because of the declining number of young men. From beginning to end, the orphanage took in 2,500 individuals. In actuality though, only 4% of these were actual orphans. The rest were children given religious education and later trained in agriculture. For many who stayed there, it wasn't a fond memory they would return to. The boys who lived there said they were subjected to countless abuses. For one, those who first entered had all their clothes taken away from them. Children were given only one piece of clothing, no underwear, and it was only washed once a week. They were supplied with shoes, but often they were either too big or too small for their feet. Punishments were regularly doled out as well. It was common to be beaten, they were locked inside rooms, received canings and flogging sometimes for the most mundane reasons. Cold showers, even in the middle of winter, were normal, and there was hardly any medical care. Boys who would get sick or injured were at the risk of not healing because there was hardly any intervention. Meals were unappealing and minimal, what's more, despite being educated, the teachers were limited to religion and Latin. Only boys who were brighter were allowed to study past 5th grade, which was done off-site. Even more alarming, there were instances where boys were raped repeatedly, some by the staff, others by older boys in the orphanage. Despite the abuses that flourished during the time, some former residents claimed that even though the nuns were strict, they were fair. That even if the home wasn't ideal, even harsh, they were still provided with a home. After it closed down St. Joseph's was bought by businessman John Ferrara, the place is now abandoned along with its accompanying grounds. It has since been heavily vandalized and is a popular destination for ghost tours. It's listed as a heritage conservation area under the Goulburn-Mawari Council. Number 4. St. Joseph's Catholic Orphanage, Vermont for a long time, St. Joseph's in Vermont served thousands of orphaned children from 1930 to 1970, but the facility, run by Catholic nuns and priests, became the subject of controversy in the early 1990s and again in 2018 when past abuses by the nuns and priests were uncovered. It started in 1993 when a former resident there, Joseph Barquin, filed a lawsuit alleging abuse. He said when he was a boy, he was fondled by nuns and his genitals were mutilated. Barkwin's complaint then led other former orphans to come forward and disclose their experiences there as well. Some of the previous orphans detailed how physical abuse, such as beatings and canings, were normal in the institution. They said as kids, they knew each other by number because that was how the nuns addressed them. Everything was by numbers, according to one former resident. Children, especially chronic bedwetters, were repeatedly humiliated, and the nuns then forced other children to taunt that child as well. The kids had to eat their own vomit, at least one child was forced to slap herself 50 times while another had his head repeatedly banged against the wall. Children were often isolated and made to sleep in a particular position all through the night. Former residents also witnessed kids being dangled by their legs out the window, or over wells and laundry chutes. Another girl was thrown down over the stairs, and yet another's hands were burned as punishment by a nun. Many of the children were also locked inside a water tank, basement, or dark room, and the babies in the orphanage didn't fare any better. Even worse, systematic rape and sexual abuse also occurred. There were also at least one or two claimed murders there, courtesy of the nuns. These and more horror stories came out of St. Joseph's. Eventually, Barkwin settled out of court with the diocese. The church also paid off and settled with other victims. Over the years, many of those who were affected still continue to suffer emotional and physical scars from the trauma they endured. There are still those fighting for their right to be acknowledged today. In 2018, a special task force was formed following the release of a BuzzFeed article highlighting the abuse to seek the truth behind the allegations at St. Joseph's Orphanage. Police are looking to hear from former residents, no matter how old the allegations may be. Number three, National Soldiers' Orphans Homestead, Gettysburg. Created by Dr. John Bournes, the National Soldiers' Orphan's Homestead stood on the Gettysburg Battlefield. It first opened in October of 1866 It was built to accommodate the orphan children of soldiers who died in the war. Particularly, it was a soldier, Sergeant Amos Humiston, who was found dead on the spot where the building letter stood, clutching a photo of his three small children that became the inspiration for Dr. Bournes to create the orphanage. In fact, the first inhabitants of the orphanage were Felinda Humiston, who was the wife of the fallen soldier and her three children. When it first opened, it was considered a success. It provided a home and fine education for over 200 children for over the next decade. Many of the orphans were encouraged to join community parades and Memorial Day processions. This tradition went on year after year. In 1869, an additional dormitory for girls was added At the time, about 70 children lived there. It was around the 1870s when Mrs. Rosa Carmichael was brought in as the new matron for the home. Nothing much is known about her prior, but in the next couple of years, rumors of abuse began to surface. According to the press, Mrs. Carmichael was described as a most assiduous and faithful worker. She was also known as a disciplinarian. The years following Mrs. Carmichael's installation as the matron became a controversial period for the home. Rumors of abuse began to surface as runaway children and neighbors began to chronicle how she handed out cruel and unusual punishment. One boy, a 16-year-old, was seen in town with a missing left arm. He said he was from the homestead, and when the people saw him they were shocked because of his appearance. On June 11, 1876, the matron was arrested on the charge of cruelty and was held on a $300 bail. She was found guilty of three counts of aggravated assault and battery, but because of her gender, she was only fined $20 and then released. Oddly, she returned to the home despite the scandal. The complaints only fueled Mrs. Carmichael's cruelty. She then continued to abuse more children even hiring an older boy to beat and kick the smaller kids just for her pleasure. During the winter, one boy, who was 4 or 5 years old, was placed outside in the cold. He was helped by two men who came across his cries for help. Another little girl was forced to stand on a desk without moving at all. She had to be lifted down from the desk because she was so tired. Reports of a makeshift dungeon were also said to be in the cellar. Children would be tied to shackles until their death. There were also torture devices found in the makeshift dungeon, leading one to conclude that children also suffered this way at the hands of Carmichael. Eventually, the home closed months later because of this controversy. Today, not surprisingly, the home is still a source of controversy, and many even say that it is now haunted by the children who have died there at the hands of the former matron. Number 2. Bon Secours' Mother and Baby Home, Ireland Approximately 796 infants and young children were found buried in a sewer pit close to once was Bon Secours' Mother and Baby Home in Ireland in 2017. This place was opened from 1925 to 1961 and was run by the Sisters of Bon Secours, a Roman Catholic order financed by the Irish government. For decades, local historian Catherine Corliss had asked, pleaded, and requested various agencies, including the church and state, to investigate the matter of the mass grave. It took years until the government paid attention and established a commission to investigate the missing children in Tom, where the mother and baby home was located. It was through Corliss's research she found death records of 796 children. They ranged from 35-week-old infants to 9-year-olds who had died from a variety of illnesses while under the care of the home. Once she found the record, she compared it to various cemetery records in the area and could not find any matches. She once heard of a report in 1975 that two boys had discovered what seemed to be human skeletons in a pit. She traced the maps of the mother and baby home and found the spot where the boys made the find. It turned out to be a septic sewage tank of the Bon Sikau's mother and baby home when it was still a workhouse. Her theory started to gain publicity in 2014, as well as plenty of disbelief. However, it would later prove to be true. Back in the day, it was considered disgraceful in Ireland for unwed women to get pregnant. It was the reason why the Catholic Church opened countless maternity homes like those of Bon Secours. Inside, once the baby was born, the mother was immediately separated from the child. The mothers were tasked to live in a home elsewhere, most of the time kept imprisoned as well, while the nuns would take care of the babies. During the investigation process, it wasn't just the bodies that were found. In 2015, the health service executive raised concerns of how over 1,000 children were sent away from the home without their parents' consent and put up for illegal adoption in the U.S. It turns out the nuns would put up babies and children for adoption in exchange for a fee. Those who weren't adopted lived in the home with poor nutrition, inadequate facilities and were nowhere near taken care of. The majority of the death certificates later found by Corliss indicated the children died of congenial disability, illness or malnutrition. When the government finally excavated the site in 2016 and 2017, they were shocked to find human remains in a vault with 20 chambers. Carbon dating proved the remains hailed back to the 50s, right when the Bond Secours home was in operation. In 2018, the Irish government passed legislation intending to do a full excavation of the site and for forensic DNA testing to be carried out. They also started looking into other mother and baby homes that once existed in the area, looking at their records to determine where the dead children from these homes were buried. It's believed over 3,000 children died in five other institutions similar to the home during the time. In at least one case, the investigator could only find 64 out of the 900 recorded children at an institution called Besborough Home. It's unclear where the other children were buried or have been taken. Number 1 Holy Family Orphanage, Michigan First built in 1915, The Holy Family Orphanage was a dream for many in the Marquette, Michigan area. At the time, the orphanage was built, costing between $90,000 to $120,000, an unheard of sum at the time. It had classrooms and bathrooms on every floor and dormitories. There was an annex with heating and plumbing facilities, too. A laundry and kitchen, along with a large dining hall and playrooms, were also included. At its peak, the Holy Family Orphanage catered to more than 200 orphans. It accepted mostly children between 2nd and 8th grade, but later they expanded to include infants and older children. Initially, it was only made to accommodate white children, but its first inhabitants were Native American kids who were taken from their parents to accommodate integration into the white culture. This was common practice, then, and many children grew up not knowing much about their culture until well into adulthood. Later on, the institution also ended up hosting Cuban child refugees. When the orphanage was fully running, allegations of abuse within its doors became rampant. Former children who lived there say abuse and beatings were common. The nuns were strict, callous, and quite brutal. In one story, a little girl was said to be playing outside during a snowstorm. The weather turned rough and she became lost. One of the nuns had to go get her, but the little girl developed pneumonia as a result. Several days later, she died. The nuns were angry about her excursion and decided to make an example of her. They ended up displaying her dead body in the lobby so every child in the home could see. They wanted to make sure that the kids knew what would happen if they went outside or disobeyed. There are also stories of a young boy who was beaten or drowned to death and the nuns decided to cover up the incident by hiding his body in the basement. Despite the abuse stories, there are also those who say they had a good experience while there. Last of the orphans left the Holy Family Orphanage in 1967. By the 80s, it was only an administration building and would become completely abandoned by 1982. Since then, it has transferred owners. Many consider the orphanage to be a haunted building today. Students in the nearby college who like to explore the area say they've experienced countless paranormal experiences while there. One woman said they saw a mysterious empty baby carriage roll across the floor with no explanation. Then others have heard the sound of children crying right where the body of the little girl was displayed. In the basement, where the boy's body was hidden by the nuns, a green orb has been reported several times. As of late 2017, the new owners have transformed the place into Grandview Marquette, an affordable housing and apartment complex. So there were five evil and infamous orphanages. Orphanages were thought to be a refuge for young children everywhere, but instead, these ones turned out to be a chamber of horrors for the many children who lived there. We have new videos every Wednesday and Saturday, so if you enjoyed this one, and please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you soon.